Today, we are going to learn from a woman in our community who used to work offshore as a dynamic positioning operator. And now she's on BP's trading floor. Her journey embodies dedication and adaptability, and I can't wait for you to learn from her. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Women Offshore Podcast. This is Ali Cedeno and Christine McMillan. We are both experienced seafarers. And at Women Offshore, we are making waves. The Women Offshore Foundation propels women plus into meaningful careers through access to a worldwide community and professional development resources while raising awareness amongst industry leaders and decision makers about issues affecting women on the water. This podcast is an integral part of our mission, and we appreciate you listening in. New episodes of the Women Offshore podcasts are available every Tuesday. Subscribe on whatever platform you like to listen to podcasts on and be in the know about the latest topics related to diversity, equity, and inclusion within the maritime and offshore industries. Thanks for tuning in. We have another great episode for you today. At Women Offshore, we know that sometimes your career will last several years, a decade or more on the water, and then you might decide that it's time to take a break and move shoreside for a bit. You might decide that it's time to hang up your license altogether, and you don't want to go back. And you know what? That's okay. The operations experience is so important, and it will turn you into someone who is resilient and adaptable, someone who has exceptional hands-on knowledge of what it's like to work on a vessel. And that is invaluable. And you can take that knowledge and experience and apply it to almost any role shoreside in the maritime or offshore energy industries. There's so many opportunities out there. And it's very inspiring when you meet someone who's made that jump because there's a lot of unknowns. And it can be really scary when you are used to being in a very comfortable job offshore where you work at a company where you're paid well, you have reliable schedule, you have great benefits. And then you decide, I want to do something totally different. And you've never maybe worked in an office before, or it's been a long time, and you realize you have a lot to learn, but you want to make that jump. I did something similar myself. I remember my very last hitch offshore when I was rotating as a senior dynamic positioning operator on ultra deep water drill ships. That moment when I stepped on the helicopter to go home, it just sticks with me. And I remember thinking as I buckled up in the seat, what am I doing? I am giving up this amazing career because I want to do something even more with my life. And I think I know what that is, but I really don't know what's going to happen. And that unknown was exciting, but it was scary. In order to find greater success, order to find greater challenges out there, you have to take leaps. And you could end up falling flat on your face figuratively, or maybe even literally, 
on the new journey that you embark on, but that's part of learning and growing. And hey, it makes for good stories too. And we love stories around here. A while ago, I connected or actually reconnected with Brooke Baldessari. I knew her when I was a student at the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy. We were in different circles back then, so I didn't get to know her that well. But when we reconnected as professionals, I've just really enjoyed speaking with her. She is someone with a heart of golds, and I love how she reaches out to maritime students, really wants them to know about opportunities within her own organization. She works for a BP on the trading floor. And I just, I love her energy and I want you to hear that today. So I've asked Brooke to come on the show and talk about her experiences, talk about what it was like moving shoreside. I want to learn from her and I know that you'll get something out of it too. She's a very busy woman, has a lot of experience under her belt. And so thank you, Brooke, for being on the show today. Welcome to the Women Offshore Podcast. Thanks, Allie. Thank you for having me. Brooke, let's start out with a sea story. Can you share a memorable experience with our audience? Perhaps there is a great lesson learned. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this the other day and what I could share with you guys as far as the sea story goes. And I just remember really early in my career, you know, I had just signed off my first ship with MSC as a third mate. And I was really interested in getting into sort of the offshore community space with dynamic positioning and um I wasn't sponsored by a company, so I knew I was going to have to put myself through school to get that additional certification. So I actually signed on to a DPO vessel uh, as an AB, as an unlicensed crewman. So just to get the sea time to qualify for class. And, you know, it was a lot of hard work. A lot of manual labor went into it. Working 8 to 12 hours a day on deck and then studying for like 2 to 4 hours on the bridge at night. Well, we were, you know, docked in downtown Pensacola. So everyone was going out and having a good time. And I was studying on the bridge like two to four hours a night just to make sure I would pass this class I was putting myself through school for. And one night the the captain actually came on the bridge and he tried to kick me off because he thought I was, uh, you know, just he told me that ABs weren't allowed on the bridge. And I was absolutely mortified. Here I was trying to, to study and kind of like better myself and advance my career on my own. And I uh, was worried that he was going to send me home. So the next day, I um, mustered up some courage, went to his office, and very boldly put my license down on his desk and said, "You know, I am a I'm a recent grad. I'm a third mate. I've already been, you know, a watchstander on another ship. So if you want to send me home because I'm an AB trying to study, I have no problem with that. I don't want to waste anyone's time, but I am going to be putting myself through school and I will find another vessel. And all of that just kind of came out with a lot of confidence I didn't think I had. It was, uh, I think I was as shocked as he was. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, You know, after that, after I'd say like after that pretty bold move, he, he kind of lightened up a little bit. He didn't want to send me home. I got as much bridge time and as much study time as I wanted, but I mean, I, I sometimes think about if I hadn't gone up there and stood up for myself, like would I have been able to achieve that goal? Maybe yeah. in a different way. But yeah, it was very bold and a lot of confidence I didn't think I had. So that's a really great story you just told. I love it. And kudos to you. We need to stand up for ourselves. So let's backtrack a little bit now. How did you get into the industry? Who or what inspired you? That's a great question. You know, I have zero family in the commercial maritime industry. So, you know, I was just a 
kind of a, a girl that liked to play basketball in Indiana and was looking to uh, travel and have some job security after college. So, you know, my parents really inspired me seeing how hard they worked uh, throughout both of their careers, you know, working for everything you have, a family of like seven, you know, we, there was a lot of things that we went without. Um, so job security was really important to me. I didn't have, you know, an aspiration to be a sea captain or a second mate my entire career. I just really wanted to see the world, have as little debt as possible and have, you know, have some job security and financial independence. You made it from offshore working as a DPO to the trade floor. Can I just say, wow, like that is huge. Please tell us how you made that leap. Yeah, I um, realized that kind of the bigger picture for me was, you know, everyone talks about, I'm going to sail for five years and then I'm going to start my life or I'm going to sail for seven years and I'm going to start my life shoreside. And I didn't really have a prescribed pathway on how to do that. You know, I was, I was 27, I think I was 27, 28 years old. And I, I really loved the job I was in. I was a, um, I was a DPO on the Atwood Condor, great crew, great company. And, um, you know, I think oil was $9,500 a barrel during the oil boom. And I just had this feeling of like, you know, I really want some work-life balance. And how do I do that? I, I want to go shoreside. And I was living in Houston at, Houston and Chicago at the time and uh, looking for shoreside jobs, not really coming up with much. And this role opened at BP in the shipping group as a ship operator. I actually thought the role was in Houston, but it was there. They have a trade floor in Chicago, which is where I've been, you know, for the last few years. And um, it was a huge change, huge culture shock, huge. Um, I'll be, you know, honest with you. Like it was a, a big pay difference from working offshore at the time. And I think just keeping, holding on to that vision, that goal that I really wanted some work-life balance. I was willing to take a step backwards in, you know, that financial security in order to truly find that the balance in my life that I was looking for day to day. Um, that's kind of what prompted me to stop working offshore and going shoreside. Um, and then once I got there, it was huge culture shock from, um, you know, being at sea. What skills from your offshore experience have helped you transition shoreside? I think, you know, I think a big part of it as mariners, we've, you know, we've seen and traveled the world in our personal and our professional lives. And we've worked with a lot of different cultures and a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of people coming from varied experiences. And what I've found at working shoreside, especially in the corporate world and in an aggressive environment like trading operations is having that respect and appreciation for where other people are coming from and seeing the value that they bring, even if it's a different type of experience than yours, that will take you so far and it will make you so many, so many professional contacts and you, you may, or you may get a mentor or two out of that engagement. Right. So I think that mutual respect for diverse backgrounds, education and experience really helped make that transition easier. And then I'd say, you know, working in working in the energy sector with assets like refineries, pipelines, offshore wind, you know, all these things that that we're into asset wise, having that dedication and passion for safety and creating a safety culture, being um, being cognizant of, of stopping a job if it's unsafe is paramount. You know, you want to run a safe operation. Everyone should be able to go home safely at the end of the day. So those are two those are two really big things I think that make that transition a lot easier. It's also have that attention to detail, you know, like attention to detail and everything that we're doing uh, kind of goes hand in hand with a safety mindset. So 
those things I think are are paramount. How do you frame that experience for a potential employer that has never worked as a DPO offshore to show them that you can do a shoreside job? Yeah, you want to you want to be able to come from a I think what, what's worked for me is trying to educate people on what we do, right? And draw parallels to things that they would understand. For example, when you arrive on a new ship or a new platform, like you're going to have to go through manu- manuals and like engage with the crew that's on board about what, like what nuances technically are with that equipment, right? So I'd say if you're going into a potential shoreside employer, lean on your technical expertise and how you take initiative in your own learning and education right? That employer is going to look at you and say like, oh, this is a self-starter. This is someone that takes initiative and, you know, can learn from our current employees. Another, you know, another great talking point in an interview is, you know, anyone working offshore lives in a safety culture, lives in a safety mindset, right? All the time. So being able to articulate how you kept a, you know, your watch safe or your, your well safe, your rig safe, your ship safe, and that is managing risk, right? So yeah. when, when you go when you go into a shoreside a shoreside role or interviewing for shoreside roles, find out what that company before you go in, what their aims, their reputation is, um, what their culture is like, and what type of risk they're managing. So being able to articulate that you can manage risk, whether it's you know with an asset procedurally and technically, or whether it's commercially and financially. Um, is very important because if you have a safety mindset, it translates whether it's commercial or technical. Brooke, I have to say that is some of the best advice I've ever heard. Like that was really well said. And I'm going to have to go back and listen to this and take some notes because that was great. Thank you for sharing all that. Let's get into some more of the granular details here. So what is a day like for you at your job? What do your duties look like? Oh, it is so much fun. I have to tell you, it is so much fun because I um, I love that no day is repetitive. Like every day is different. It's very, you know, it's very market contingent being on the trade floor and the commercial wins that we make is to- a total team effort. So what my team does, I sit on the Midwest Assets bench right now. We support Whiting Refinery and uh, the network of pipelines and customers that are associated with that. So ensuring that product is scheduled um, at downstream terminals and then finding the most advantageous barrel um, for our product in the market. Um, There's a lot of engagement with, you know, Midwest diesel and gasoline traders and, um, you know, third parties, front office type uh, communications. And it's very, very much relationship-based, which I'm a big fan of. I love creating those lasting relationships that, you know, provide really good supply reliability to our customers in the market. I imagine that your job is very challenging. What is a challenge that people don't know about until they are in your place? Mm, This is a great question. This is probably the one I tried to think the most about. For me personally, it was it was very humbling coming from an environment where, you know, I was a technical expert and was very comfortable being in in new situations and navigating those. Um, it was very humbling to come into a trade floor where everyone is a where everyone is that technical expert, right? And and you don't know what you don't know, and you don't even know the people that you need to learn from. And so I think um, a lot of courage that had to be mustered to kind of put myself out there and say, I just, I don't know. 
I don't know what the right answer is. Can you help me, you know, can you help me learn what, what I'm supposed to be doing here? And thankfully, you know, I work for a company, I work for uh, BP and it is just loaded with people who are ready to step up and teach you something, you know? So I feel very fortunate that I landed there. You are such a shining role model for women in the industry especially those who want to catapult their offshore experience into a shoreside role. To me, you show tremendous courage in taking chances. Taking chances is not easy either. So in your own words, finish this sentence for me. Courage is... I say, you know, courage is what dispels and weakens fear. Our our own self-doubt and uncertainty, it's what truly enables us to touch our goals. I love it. That's great. That's very poetic. (laughs) (laughs) before we end this episode is there anything else you want to share with us I do Uh, you know I just I'm really grateful that you asked me to come on here and and kind of share a little bit about you know my journey through um, working offshore and coming shoreside in a a role I truly love Um, I do want to share that you know myself and two of my colleagues with the support of BP leadership, we started a mentorship and internship program at BP called Making Waves, and it is geared toward academy, academy midshipmen and future mariners that are looking for mentorship from shoreside shipping folks and trading folks um, to create some exposure for what other avenues there are if and when they're ready to come shoreside. So this fits very well with the topic of the day. And I wanted to make sure I mentioned that, um, you know, currently we have mentees from SUNY Maritime and uh, Kings Point. We have one through that program and we have one intern that's just completing her internship within the next week. And we're looking to grow and scale the program across the other academies as well. So I'm sure um, my contact information will probably be posted with this, but please reach out if they're interested. That's awesome. You're really paving the way for the future generation. I love this idea of mentorship and support and the internship. It's all coming together really well. Great job on everything you're doing. We would love to support your Making Waves program to get you some women applicants. So kudos to you and everything you're doing. Thank you, Brooke, for coming on the show and sharing your stories. It's been great talking with you. Thank you so much, Allie. Thanks for tuning in to the Women Offshore podcast. Come back next Tuesday for another new episode. If you want to propel women offshore forward, visit womenoffshore.shop. Make a donation or purchase some swag. Until next time, stay safe out there and we will talk to you soon.